Hi, friends. Welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast. I am your host, Annie F. Downs, and I am so happy to be here. You just cannot even know. You cannot know how much I absolutely love doing this podcast. It sounds fun to me. So there you have it. To the first-time listeners, welcome. We are glad you are here. We have been a group of friends that's been hanging out for a while, mostly in 2015. We have about 10 episodes already online on iTunes for That Sounds Fun. You can go back and listen to some of those. Emily Freeman, one of my favorite authors. She's incredible. Shauna Nequist, who's so fun, so funny, an amazing cook. And then listen, y'all, there's two episodes with Dave Barnes, who I know you know who he is. Incredible singer, songwriter, also comedian. I'm telling y'all, we laughed so hard for the couple of days that we recorded that. I mean, it was just, it was a blast. We had the best time. So go back and listen to that. It all kicked off about a little more than a year ago when Ted Decker was on the podcast. And listen, in my life as a reader, there is no one's books that I pick up and devour faster than Ted Decker. And so when he kicked off the podcast, I felt like I had kind of peaked. I peaked early. I peaked in the first two episodes. I did not mean to, but now we're back. We're back in action. We're going to try to re-peak. Is that a thing? Sure. It is to us. It's a re-peak. And to you guys who've been around, welcome back. You know, it was just time. It was time. I had a hard time last spring finishing up the podcast. It's just a lot of work and I did not know how to do all the things, but now I have people and my people will help me do all the things. So I can do this part, the talking to you part, My wonderful people will handle the rest. So we are back in action with the That Sounds Fun podcast. So here's the plan now. We are going to have a show for you every other week. So twice a month, we're going to have a new That Sounds Fun podcast for you. And it will be all sorts of things. It'll be me talking to my friends here in Nashville, people that I want to introduce you to, from singer-songwriters to other authors to people who run restaurants here. I kind of just love letting you meet the people that I love the most. And so whoever that is that passes through town or that lives here, I want you to meet. We'll also do some friends of mine who live in other cities that'll call in. We'll do like a call-in show. Wouldn't that be awesome? They'll just like call in and then we'll answer questions. They'll sound like they're on a telephone. I don't know. We'll see how that works. I'm into it though. I'm feeling it. So we'll have all sorts of really fun friends on. So, and listen, who do you want to hear me hang out with and talk to? Do you have any of my friends that we haven't had on the podcast yet that you wish I would have on the podcast? Do you have recommendations? Is there someone you've heard on a podcast that you loved that you would love for me to meet them? Let's just, all those people, bring them to me. Use the internet and bring them to me. So that's how the other podcasts are going to go. But today we have one main focus because let me just say this to you. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out a little bit because for the first time in years, I have a book releasing today. I'm actually recording this podcast on Tuesday, April 5th, 2016, the day that Looking for Lovely releases. I've known this day was coming, right? Like, I mean, I I have a calendar. I know that April 5th, 2016 is coming. But for the last year and a half, it's just been this looming day of like, the book is going to come out that day. It was helpful for me when I was writing it because I would think, well, someday it'll be April 5th and people will have this book. And it won't just be me sitting in an office writing and crying alone. It'll be people reading it. And we're there. And I'm freaking out. I went to bookstores today. And I signed the copies and I talked to the people who own it and they just hand me a stack of books. And I go like, do you know how long it took me to write all those words? Do you know that like that stack of books is 
like the biggest stack of books I've ever seen of this particular book. Like they handed me 10 and I was like, well, I've never held 10 of these. I mean, it was incredible. It was crazy. So that's where we are. That is today. It is April 5th and the book has released and you guys are being so generous and telling your friends and my friends are telling their friends and uh, my phone just keeps buzzing. Every time it moves on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, my phone buzzes and I just don't know what to do. It's so so cool. We had planned to record this podcast today. It's good because it kind of gives me to a different focus besides just refreshing the internet and checking Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat. But it is um, so fun to get to sit down and like talk about the book and talk about this thing and where it came from. If you've read anything so far or listened to anything so far, there's kind of one sentence that we've put everywhere. And it's the truth. It's that this book is about the greatest transformation that my life has ever known. And that's true. Three years ago, when I turned in Let's All Be Brave, the book before this one, when I turned in Let's All Be Brave, I had a total meltdown. I mean, I just like fell apart in all the ways. And I did not know when that was happening, what it was about. I mean, I knew the situations that I was running from, but I didn't really understand what the breakdown was about. And I certainly didn't think I'd ever write a book about it. That was not the plan. And that was nothing I was thinking through at the time. But that journey, those three years of walking from a place of what I have lovingly deemed my broken crazy into where I'm healthier and persevere more and have more hope has just been really fun. I'll tell you the truth. Even when I sat down to write this book, I didn't mean to write this story. I really didn't. I never intended to sit down and tell you what my last three years have been about. Originally, the book was supposed to be talk about beauty and how important it is that we think that we are beautiful. And that is true. And that's good. That's a great book. I'll probably still write it. Don't steal it. I'll probably still write it at some point. But as I started to write, these other things started coming out. When I was outlining the book, I realized, okay, well, if I'm going to tell that, then I have to back up and tell that. Well, I haven't told anybody that. I don't want to back up and tell that, but I'll I'll type it in because no one will ever see it. And then it, you know, is in the book, you know, a year later. But I kind of ended up, when I started backing up to tell the story, it's like God opened my eyes to the story I was telling. And it kind of blows my mind because I never meant for the book to look the way it does or sound the way it does or or be as personal as it is. That wasn't kind of what I was going for. I'm glad it is because it's very Annie, but that wasn't what I was going for. But man, the the transformation even of the book from when I outlined it on my wall to when it got down on pages to when it is in your hands is just crazy. It's a crazy transformation. So like last August, I was walking at Radnor Lake, which is a place here in Nashville. And actually the book is dedicated to the God I met at Radnor Lake because I had such an incredible experience walking those trails over the last two years and seeing um, how God showed up for me all over the place and the podcasts I was listening to and the things I noticed about nature and the animals and the people I ran into. It just ended up being a church for me. I know that sounds crazy, but that's how I feel about Radnor. I feel like going there is like going to church. I still go to a church because I love my church, Crosspoint here in Nashville, but Radnor is another version of church for me where I I show up and it seems that God always shows up there too and we meet at the same time. And I was there last August and I was listening to a podcast about perseverance. And I remember thinking, I wonder if this will ever be part of a book I write. And I remember exactly where I was on this one particular trail thinking like, huh, 
I wonder if there's something about perseverance that I'm supposed to write. And that day I got back and looked up the word and looked up the definition and looked up where it was in the Bible and just started reading all about it. And and right there at my office desk in Germantown in Nashville, kind of this idea of what perseverance means and how I've lacked it and how I've needed it kind of poured out and and it reshaped the book. It changed everything, which is kind of the role of perseverance is to persevere is to guarantee that everything's going to change because you're going to get to the other side instead of giving up. So that's where it came from. I haven't gotten to tell anybody that story yet, so I'm glad to get to tell it to you. But that's where it all came from is from this one moment on the trail where I listened to a podcast that told me that perseverance was the secret to a spirit-filled life as a Christian. And I wanted that. And so everything changed when I got back to my office and everything about that book changed. And honestly, so much about my life changed right after that, too, because I just wanted to be marked by that. I want to be marked by that. And if you've read any portion of the book, you know that I have two tattoos now because of this book. And one of them is about perseverance. So um, here's an exciting thing. I called my publisher, my actually my marketing director at the publisher, Katie. And I said, hey, Katie, I'm recording my podcast again this week. We're jumping back in with both feet. Could I read some of Looking for Lovely on the podcast? Would that be okay? And I thought for sure she'd say no, because that's like giving away the audiobook and giving away the book. And instead, my publisher kind of works in this like, the more we give, the better, which is kind of rad. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a quick drink of water, grab my copy of my book off the desk, and be right back in two seconds and read you the beginning of Looking for Lovely. Introduction. Have you ever seen a thunderstorm from the window seat of an airplane? I was flying from Atlanta to Dallas recently, and there in 17F, I saw the storm to our right, just out my window. The dark, brooding, billowing clouds danced along beside us, the darkest of grays, the strangest of purples, the kinds of colors reserved for only the most wicked of storms. And as we flew parallel with it, I saw sheets of rain drenching the innocent souls below. Bless them, as we say in the South. The farm landscape looked like patchwork, one area soaked by the storm, then a dry tract of land and city between, then another region dark and wet. Lightning bolts snaked down out of the sky, and I seriously thought about telling the pilot what I had just seen, because clearly that is why you have me here in seat 17F, airplane pilot, to keep an eye on the weather. It was like watching a play where all the characters were interacting, and I just got to enjoy the show from 10,000 feet above. From my view, it was awesome, actually, but little is beautiful about sitting under a drenching rain, especially if you have plans for your day or if you lack a roof over your head. But to be next to it, to watch nature move at its ever-changing clip and have a fuller understanding of the landscape and what weather does to it, it was beautiful. I'm not as good at seeing beauty in the rainstorms of my life as I am from seat 17F. I typically sit smack under them, watching as my clothes are getting soaked and my straightened hair is getting ruined and what I thought was going to happen with my day, my life, is getting thwarted. And I find no beauty in that. It frustrates me. It angers me. It annoys me. I look skyward and wonder what I have done to deserve this lot in life. And when I see ugly on the outside, whether it's my body or my circumstances or the hurt in the world, the processing in my heart isn't much better. 
And the storm from out there usually ends up inside of me. And it's ugly. I've been struggling with this my whole life, looking for the beautiful amid the rain, confusion, hurt, and ugly. My story is like many other women I know. The mirror has lied and the enemy has whispered for years, and now we can't look at ourselves and find anything lovely, whether it's raining or not. I've looked desperately to no avail, and I've given up over and over. My search has often left me teary, angry, and eating something I regret later. Thank you, 11 p.m. trip to the grocery store for M&M's. I need beauty. I need to see the lovely in my everyday. I crave it. Maybe because I've felt it missing in me and my heart for so long. Whenever something beautiful is in my sight, I want to devour it. I want to breathe it in, hold it, swallow it, keep it. But what is it? What is beautiful? We know what we are lacking, like a field in a drought, but do we know what beautiful looks like? Is it a rainstorm or a new dress or a plate of shrimp and grits or Monet's lily pads? Yes, it's all those things and more, so much more. I got a tattoo a few years ago. I think it's only fair that we start there, really, because I don't like keeping secrets from my friends. I long wanted a tattoo since I was about 20, I think. I went through a few different iterations of what I wanted, so I never got one because I figured if I kept changing my mind, that was probably a clue I shouldn't put something permanently on my body. For many days in 2011 and the first half of 2012, I found myself writing grace in cursive across my left wrist. My life was moving at an incredible speed with work, travel, writing, speaking, and trying to keep up wasn't going great. I felt alone. I felt worn down. I felt stretched too thin, mostly by my own decision-making. Grace was what I was lacking toward myself and other people and my schedule. And probably, if I'm really honest, I needed to better reflect God's grace by trusting His plan for my life. I'm not sure the science of that or if it's okay to admit. I just know I was frustrated and worried, and I looked up a lot with a what-have-you-gotten-me-into look on my face. So every morning, I would take my black pen and carefully write grace across my left wrist so that as I was driving or waiting somewhere, I could look down and remember the word by which I was to behave. When it's right there on your arm, there isn't much opportunity to be anything else. At the end of the summer of 2012, I decided to go for it. It had been a hard summer. I had just gone to Scotland for two weeks, a place I tend to run to, as we'll discuss later, and a man I was interested in had just made clear that we were never going to be a thing. Or, better stated, he said we would always be just friends, and that's not the label I desired. I was surprised and disappointed and angry at myself for hoping. So, Grace, I needed it. I really wanted it permanently tattooed on my wrist. But because I didn't want it to be distracting every day for the rest of my existence, I wanted it to be white. I'm as pale a shade of human as people come, and I cannot tan. I'm either white or red, pale or sunburned. So a black ink tattoo would be seen a mile away, while a white ink tattoo on me doesn't stand out at all. I imagined it would almost look like a brand. And that's the feel I wanted. I wanted it literally burned into my skin because I want to be Grace. I wanted those five letters to be stuck on me. And I wanted it then in August of 2012 to mark some important shifts of season. I asked my friend Molly to use her perfect cursive penmanship to write it. Molly and I have been friends since high school, really known each other our whole lives, and she has exemplified grace to me and others a lot. So I figured someone who actually lived it should write it, versus me, the graceless one who just wants to be tagged by it, hoping the truth of the word would actually seep into me. My friend Hillary went with me to get the tattoo because she knew the dude doing the work. It was simple, short, quick, relatively cheap, and painful. But when he was done... 
There in white cursive was grace, just as I had imagined. I was in love with it immediately. I teared up mostly out of pain, but also a little out of joy and love for this little marker of a new season and a new calling. I absolutely loved it, and I still do. Words are my favorite of all the love languages. Having one beautifully inscribed on my arm meant a lot to me and spoke to me about God and His heart, how I should treat myself and other people. It's a really beautiful tattoo. It reminds me less of who I am and more of who I want to be. I'm a pretty staunch traditionalist when it comes to writing the first chapter first and the last chapter last, so here we are. At the beginning, both of us, you and I, are starting this journey together. Toward what? I know, that's a great question. I think we're walking towards freedom. I think we're walking towards hope. I think we're walking toward the person we really want to be. So as I tend to do, I must confess that I'm not great at looking for lovely, at persevering when things get hard, or rejoicing in my sufferings. I wish I could write a book from the vantage point of the expert telling you how to live your life, but that's not it. This is my fifth book, and I never once gotten to write a book about something I'm good at. Just my struggles and weaknesses. That's so annoying. When do I get to write a book about how to fold a fitted sheet? Because I'm seriously an expert. So I'm walking this with you, right beside you, asking many of the same questions. And I guess I'm hoping this conversation will be easier because we're having it together. My last couple of years have been deeply intense and full of learning and walking and experiencing this need to endure, but I certainly haven't mastered perseverance. I'm just naturally a quitter, not a finisher. I've spent a lot of time lately in the first part of Romans 5. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Romans 5, 3-5 in the NIV version. Before these last few years, I thought hope was like grace. I thought hope was a word we hung up in our houses and tattooed on our wrists and willed ourselves to have. I used to think hope was a gift from God in its singular form, like love, peace, patience, any of the fruits of the Spirit— but hope isn't a fruit of having a spirit-filled life. Look at the list in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. No hope mentioned there. What Paul says in Romans and what you and I know from our lives is hope is an expensive commodity, not easily won, always fought for, and the result of a process that may take some time, that will take some time. I want you to finish what you start. I want you to be the kind of woman that is absolutely full of hope to where it overflows and splashes on your people. But that comes at a cost. And I I hate to tell you that this early in the book because I don't want you to quit reading. But if you want to be full of hope, you have to suffer a bit. You have to find purpose in the suffering so you don't give up. You have to persevere. And when you persevere, your character, your proven faith and tried integrity grows. And then hope. Hope arrives. It's that perseverance part, though, isn't it? It is for me. I can figure out how to look at a hard moment in my life and muster up the will to rejoice in it. I can feel when my character is being tried and tested and growing, but perseverance, no bueno. Ever since people started reading my last book, Let's All Be Brave, I got a lot of emails with the same theme. I'm going to do this thing, Annie, they tell me. I have a dream, and I'm chasing after it, and I'm going to be brave enough even though I'm scared. But my worry is that six months in, they're going to quit. Something's going to get hard. A door is going to close. A whisper of doubt will creep in. A challenge is going to come along, and instead of staying the course, trusting they are on the right path, even if the path doesn't make sense, they will quit. 
Abandoned dreams are a heartbreaker to see. Unfinished journeys where the real joy is just over the hill you never climbed. Those are the broken moments that folks lie in bed at night, think about, and regret. I have some of those, and I don't want any more. And I don't want you to have any more either. I want you to be branded by perseverance. I want it to be a marker of who you are and what you are known for. I want people to come to you when times get hard and ask you how you always seem to have the right perspective on things. I want all of that for me, too. I want us to learn to look for the lovely all around us and collect it, hold it close, and see how God drops beautiful things into our lives at just the right time to help us step forward on our own path. I'm honored to be here with you. I can't believe I'm the one God trusted with this work, the work of learning to love the life you have, pressing into the hard on behalf of the hope, and writing about it. But I believe we were meant for this journey. I mean, what a dramatic ending. What a dramatic ending to the intro. Don't you want more? Don't you just wish you knew what happened next? (laughs) You're welcome. I took a drink of water, cleared my throat. And now here's what I want to tell you. That is the intro. There are 12 more chapters waiting for you in Looking for Lovely. Here's where you can get it. Amazon has it. Kindle. Regular book. Audio book. If you want to hear more of that, what you just heard. You can also get it on Barnes & Noble online. They have the Nook version and the regular version. And then in any bookstore, really, like any bookstore in your town should order it and have it on the shelves. In fact, if there is a bookstore in your town, which there should be, you should call and just ask them to have it anyways. You, you should just say, hey, I love this book, or I, this author is a friend of mine, or I would love to get a copy of this book. Will you order five so we can put them on the shelves for my neighbors? Right, Or maybe you just grab a couple at the store. So you can really get it absolutely anywhere. Anywhere that you can buy books, you should be able to buy Looking for Lovely. And if it is not there, you can ask them to order it for you. So it's been a fun day. It's been crazy watching people buy this book because you think, man, if God just changes their lives two degrees when they read this, right? Like we're not asking for a 180-degree switch, though that's awesome. And some people... God willing, we'll do that. But but if they change their lives two degrees or five degrees in 10 years, that's a really different trajectory of a life. And that's what I want for my friends. That's what I want is that when that's what I see in me, right? Like my life isn't massively different than it was three years ago. It's not 180 degrees different, but but my life changed a few degrees. And now I'm on a totally different path than I was before and looking for lovely is how I got here, right? Finding beautiful in my everyday is what helped me hold on and finish the hard parts of this journey so far. I recognize that I have had hard things in my life, but I haven't had a hard life. And so there will be more transitions. There will be more hard things and more beautiful things and more opportunity to persevere. But I love that the more we start in Romans 5.3, the more we end up in Romans 5.5. 5. And I can kind of feel that in my life where I start rejoicing in the sufferings. I know that the end of that story is hope. And that's what I want for us and for you. So at the end of every podcast, I ask the same question to whichever friend of mine is here with me. So being that I'm my only friend at this current time, I will ask myself the question, what sounds fun? If this podcast is called That Sounds Fun, what sounds fun to me? So today, what sounds fun to me on the day that my book released is I already had a Coke Icy, which uh, if you are my friend, you know that that is like 
the treat of all treats to me, a Coke Icy. I had one from Target, and it was not its finest day. I won't tell you which Target in Nashville because there's no reason to get nasty and boycott. But listen, it just wasn't its best Icy. I've had better. It was it was liquidy, and instead of that nice, it was a deep, deep brown, like there was too much Coke in it, and there was not enough of the Icy part. There's a correct shade that an Icy should be, and this one was not it. But it was great. Don't don't get me wrong. So that sounded fun to me. And tonight, about 10 of my girlfriends and I are grabbing dinner. And that's really fun. And it's so sweet. And so that sounds really fun to me to, like, dress up a little bit and go out to dinner with my friends to celebrate this book. Now, I'll tell you the real, like, book dinner celebration was last night because I really believe in before the book comes out, before you know how it's going to do, before you know what's going to happen, I want to sit down with my friends and celebrate that because of my village, because of my community, we've finished this thing together. And so last night I ate with some friends and we cheersed with apple, sparkling apple juice because there were children at the table, but we cheersed and it was really really fun. And so tonight we're just kind of recapping that with the girls. We're just going to go out and have dinner and just kind of go like Hey, God was really kind today and always, but with this project that meant a lot and is a, a deep pour out of my heart, it has been a really good day. And so we will celebrate that tonight. So that sounds really fun to me. And that is uh, my answer to that question. I'm trying to make sure there's nothing else that sounds fun to me. Mm, I mean, always glitter. Glitter always sounds fun to me. Just something sparkly, though I did. Oh, you know what it is? I just bought two pairs of sunglasses at Target because I am just bougie if I'm anything. So I bought two pairs of sunglasses and they both are floral print, which is absolutely ridiculous and nothing that an adult should do. But I just couldn't, I couldn't leave one of them. I couldn't decide. One of them was blue based and one of them was pink based and I wanted them both. So that sounds fun to me too, to get to wear my floral sunglasses around. So, all right. Well, friends, that is our first podcast back in the saddle. Again, tell me who you want me to interview. Tell me who you want in here with us. Don't forget to let me know either on Twitter, on Instagram, you can snap at me or just tag tag the people on Twitter and say, hey, Annie F. Downs, we want you to interview so-and-so and let's see if we can work it out. I would love to know who you'd like to see on here. And listen, don't forget, go back now that you're in, now that you're back in and now that you're part of the family, the That Sounds Fun family, go back and check out some of our old episodes. And then once you do, if you don't mind, if you could just leave a review, reviews super matter because then strangers who come along that don't know if they want to be friends with us will read what you say and go like, yeah, those are my people. I'm in. So if you don't mind leaving a review on iTunes, that would be super Super awesome. Hey, and tell your friends, share this podcast. This is an exciting week. And the more people that can connect with looking for lovely, the better, right? The better because I think, I just think it's a story that a lot of my friends want to hear more than we realize. And so it would mean a lot to me if you would share this podcast, share about the book, let people know that we're going to get together here every couple of weeks and talk about new, fun, silly things. So, Um, By the way, I want to make sure you know this music you're hearing in the background is from the most wonderful friend, Ellie Holcomb. She is so talented. She will be your theme music for the entirety of every podcast until I change my mind. It's Ellie. Get her whole album. It is really, really fantastic. If you are looking for Lovely, you will find it in Ellie Holcomb's music. So we are grateful that she is on the podcast with me all the time because it's like having a friend. You know, that's the that's the goal. Me and Ellie are here with you. So hope you have a great day. Can't wait to see you again here and do something today that sounds fun. 